Live another day. Mirrors can't talk. Luckily for you, they can't laugh either. A lot of story there, a lot of lore uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing. I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome everyone to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 20, the show that's filled with soul. Each episode we'll check in, have some laughs, and talk all about the lore of Warcraft 1 or two topics at a time. My name is Allie, the one that enjoys hanging out with my brothers in lore. And I am joined by the one that has read almost every single WoW novel. It's Jin. Hello. That's true. I'm, I'm almost there. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> two and a half away. It's, 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 a, it's a long going process. <laughs> You've cruised them though. It's you're, you're making, you're making good time. Well, I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but uh freaking cataclysm had like three pre expansion right. novels basically. So I, took out a big chunk just uh yeah just a little bit ago (laughs) (laughs) but wait there's more we are joined by not one but two guests this seems to be our thing on the like the the tens of episodes right so from the for azeroth podcast we have the great streamer of tbc classic the lover of blood elves jared hey and we also have the most lovable troll you will ever meet, the true villain himself, Manny. Well, I only recently rebuilt a troll. Before that, I was an orc. Oh, oh okay. Okay. That's a, it's, it's good to know. Valuable information. Yeah. It, that is valuable information because <laughs> I was going to make a Vol'jin joke because I'm currently uh, listening to the book Vol'jin Shadows of the War or Shadows of the Horde. So, yeah, it's a good, it's a good book so far. It's not a lot's happened, but it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's go around and see what everyone's been up to, starting with you, Manny. So this week has been a week where I've just been fighting against hardware. I had what I thought was a graphic cards issue, and that took me out for like two days where the basic way that I played WoW was like I would like log in, grab all the the, uh, dailies, right? So I'd make sure that I log in like after 11, not before 11. Times Obviously. Right. Log in right at 11. <laughs> grab my daily. Go do my mountain runs. Go do uh, whatever the calling is. And hopefully get that done and the maw before my card would overheat and shut down. Oh, yikes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got it down to a science, I think, now. Oh, <laughs> sounds like it. <laughs> but, uh... What like what it turned out to be was actually not exactly the graphics card. I thought it was a hardware issue with it overheating and stuff. Turns out because of like not doing fresh installs and all of that, I had like a bunch of conflicting drivers and it was causing the card to do whatever process like 14 million times and blow itself up. Oh, (laughs) that would be an issue. 
<laughs> that would that would be an issue. Always update your drivers, folks. <laughs> Not I was updating my drivers. Don't 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 don't, don't think I'm being that bad. I, I think he I just called you a noob, Manny. Pretty yeah, sure. Don't sell yeah. don't sell me short. I was updating my drivers. The problem was is that I had been updating my drivers and my system's getting kind of old. It's it's not the young young one it is. And I had so many different versions of the drivers that hadn't been pulled out mm. of the registry that eventually it just like was spaghetti string of like drivers and it's like render that and it'd be like I know 14 ways of rendering that <laughs> <laughs> and then try and show them all on my screen at once which- and then overheat <laughs> so the the other lesson to learn here is regularly reformat your computer Yep. Am I the only one? Am I the only? No. Okay. No, I mean, like, I, you no, you I, don't need I to. Do you don't have to reformat your computer. You can do fresh installs. It's just that it took me a bit, and like I don't know, I was going through everything. I w- I like pulled the computer apart and like clean cleaned out all the parts. I was looking and seeing like maybe this is an issue with the paste, and like do not try and change thermal paste on your own if you don't know what you're doing. I have <laughs> built a couple of systems before, so like I was fine with that. Yeah, and uh, it's not like I could take it to a corner store, uh, like a local computer shop, and be like, "Here, can you guys take a look at this? Everything's under lock, right?" Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's not like I can be like, "Screw this, I'm getting a new uh, graphics card." Oh boy, it's not like I can do that in this day and age. So you know, it just Thanks, it was. Crypto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, my week was like trying to like rush through my. Uh, my wow chores in two hours and then spending the next two, 22 hours just sort of like crying and holding my computer. Oh, it's okay, baby. You can do this. You did good today, man. We got it. 20 souls down. It, need, it needs a little pep talk. It's okay. Cheers. I was recently on Scrubs vs. the World and I thought that the dumbest thing that I could do was like my scrub moment was I got a bunch of upgrades and I forgot to enchant them. So for like two days, I was wondering why my DPS hadn't increased at a, at a noticeable <laughs> pace. No, no. Here's here's my kick me moment. This morning, you know, reset day. I like go and I grab all my dailies, and I'm just like, that's weird. Why don't I have the one to collect twenty souls? I completed it on Monday and forgot to hand it in. So now I hand it in this week and don't get anything. Yep. Mm. Whoops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I can't believe you've done this. So how else is week going? <laughs> <laughs> Jared, how about you? What have you been up to? Uh, well, we got pre-patch. Mm-hmm. So you can probably imagine how my week has been going. Uh, uh, good, bad? I'll answer it. I'll answer it. Uh, it's It's been going really, really superbly well. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, getting like the new talents... For, for Burning Crusade, getting to play around with them. Like, I've already, like, basically depleted my gold resources uh, already within the span of a week uh, just from trying out different specs uh, just to kind of see which one I'm playing around with them, seeing which one worked on my Warlock, and also figuring out how to, like, actually properly tank on a, on a prop paladin. So All that's right. that's been going fun. Uh, and then, you know, just kind of playing around with with new characters and seeing 
seeing how the world changed going from classic to TBC. And it's it's great. I don't, like grass is always greener and it is it is verdant. <laughs> when did you actually start the game? Remind me. So I didn't start playing the game until uh, about a month before the Wrath of the Lich King pre-patch. Okay. So this is an entirely new experience to me. Um, Like it, it is familiar in that when I started my character, my very first character, uh, it's the exact same experience that I had. Like I, I rolled a a night elf hunter and went through Teldrassil uh, just to, just to see if it was how I remembered it being because vanilla uh, Teldrassil questing zone just, it was missing things. They added a, a bunch of new stuff in uh, to the questing experience to make it a little bit smoother in Burning Crusade. And uh, like having those two side by side to compare, it's just it's night and day. And it's exactly what I remembered it being. And I, I've just had I've had so much fun playing around with it. And uh, I'm we're getting a, a raid team together. We started organizing that uh, within the last week. And we we've got. Almost half the people <laughs> that we need to form a full 25 man raid already. And things are just they're going really well. And that's awesome. I can't wait until June 1st to go through the dark portal. It's so. Yay. <laughs> one week. Just one week. Yeah. One week. One week. It's dropping on my wedding anniversary. So, so that's anniversary. a thing. Yeah. Thanks. Well, this episode is dropping on your wedding anniversary. So happy anniversary. That's Alan. right. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> when you hear this, make sure you uh, track down uh, Allie on Twitter and wish her and Sniper Frog happy anniversary. Yay. <laughs> I will be sure to do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> no, seriously, I will. <laughs> you're, you're good at that. You're good at that. So what have you been up to, Jen? What have I been up to? Um, well, so I discovered just last night that if you play the game like me, you're good. It's fine. So what that means is, is if you have not checked the Great Vault in I don't know how long, all that gear that you've been neglecting to go pick up is still waiting for you. So it's okay. Oh, it's okay, everybody. I did not you can know that. open the Great Vault multiple times and it says, it's okay, Jen. It's okay. You'll be all right. We, you didn't lose anything. We didn't say, boo boo. Get out of here. No, I was very happy. I actually got two pieces of loot. I didn't even know when I technically earned it. I was like, okay, cool. Were they ups? Uh, one of them was a 220 trinket. So I'm going to go ahead and say, nice. yeah, that was a, it was a good one. Ask Mr. Robot is saying, no, it's not an upgrade. But I'm like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> is, I'm upgrading a 200, the freaking Dark Moon Fair thing. It's like, come on, like 200 to 220. I'm gonna. Are the stats good? Yeah, it's a beautiful trinket. It's a beautiful trinket. I'm going to go ahead and take that one. I, it's probably because it thinks it's like one of those weird on-use ones. And I'm like, on-use is fine. I just macro everything. It's fine. You just macro it. It's fine. Use 13, <laughs> use 14. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, other than that, though, like, I'm super excited. Um, I've, I mean, this is, a, this is now officially a two PC household. I have, uh cobbled together all of the the computer uh, all of the remaining computer parts and i've built my wife a pc it is now officially as of this recording up and running because if you listen to the last recording i did of morley gray i made fun of myself for not getting the wi-fi adapter for the <laughs> pc because <laughs> there's no there's, there's nothing <laughs> 
as soon as Manny gets it, he, he cobbled together a bunch of pieces. <laughs> um, Manny's freaking sign. Yeah. So yeah, that's what that's what I did, and and that was it. It turned out pretty good. I, I got a nice little setup going over there. Only thing I'm not d- too thrilled about, and I already told my wife, I was like, if you hate that keyboard and mouse, just let me know. We'll get you a new one because that. I'm not sure I'm thrilled about it myself, but hey, everyone has their own personal preferences. So that's what's that's my thing. Uh, but yeah, other than that, that's about it. Just work and stuff and things. So, Allie, what have you been up to? <laughs> stuff and things. <laughs> well, after many, 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 many pulls and many close attempts, we finally got Denathrius down and got our AOTC. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was my version of the. Uh, the that was good. The, yeah. the yeah. air horn. Pew, pew, I got gotcha. you. That was good. <laughs> but yeah, so that was after our. So last week, since we didn't record last week, last week we had a. Well, since the last recording, <laughs> we'll say that. We had a pool where we got him down to 133k left of damage. And so DBM recorded it as a wipe at 0%. It hurt. It hurt so much. And then, like, I think, I think we're all a little defeated after that because, like, that was our best pull of the night. We just couldn't quite get him down. But we finally got him down this past week, which felt great. And I was so excited because two of my best in slot trinkets come from Nathrius, and he gave me one of them, which I was super happy about, especially because both of mine right now are, I still have my Dark Moon card trinket. Once I hit level cap, it's actually pretty good for healers. So I'll I'll probably keep that. But the other ones kind of meh. So it was good to finally get like a good trinket. And I haven't checked my vault yet. I haven't had a chance. So we'll see if I got the other one. Maybe Maybe. I I can hope. We'll see. But that felt really, really good. I was really happy with that. Other than that, I haven't really done much since we got that kill. (laughs) I did. So I did a couple of. ICC runs with no luck and that was about it because I spent a lot of time up until that Denathrius fight like I did some mythic pluses with my guild and I did a whole bunch of time in the maw with farming Stygia just to upgrade my condos to eke out just a little more healing and then of course on our Denathrius kill I was I was DPSing so it didn't matter at all (laughs) (laughs) but that's that's how it goes when you're you know, team player. And, and that's fine. Cause honestly, I love shadow priests expansion, so it's fine. But yeah, that's about it. Cause I've changed schedules at work. So now I have the opening shift, which has been a huge like change for me. And, um, allergies are kicking my butt. So my voice is a little rough tonight. And I almost lasted today at work. And I was like, no, <laughs> you will not go away. I need you. But, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Just, you know, gaming when I can. And, uh, wanting more time to game because I'm still really enjoying the game and there's so much I still want to do because I still haven't gone through two of the Covenant campaigns. So I don't mind this lull. I just need to find time to play the game more. But this weekend I should have time and it's going to be lovely. This is a four day weekend for me. So it's like a three day weekend. So that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> See what's great. <laughs> that's true. You did. That's true. But what's Wait. what's. We, we planned our wedding around Memorial Day. 
because it was easy for a lot of our family members to be able to come and, and join our wedding. And that also means when Memorial Day lands on a Monday and we take off our anniversary, we get a four day weekend. It's great. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that works. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so that is about it. Um, while I drink some water, Jen, can you tell us what we're drinking? Well, you know what? We're just going to say in celebration of Allie's anniversary, <laughs> we've all decided to go ahead and say, you know, we're going to have some Allie podcasting juice <laughs> <laughs> because this is once again, this is the Captain Morgan private stock because, hey, we all knew we had access to it. So we went and got it and it is it's a thing of beauty. It really is. So if we if we have not convinced you that you should try the private stock by now and you're still <laughs> listening to this show, what are you doing? Come on now. <laughs> so uh, my question, my question, because because I feel like we should raise a toast. But is there a pirate equivalent to Prost? Uh, I'm going to go with Parlay. <laughs> parlay. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's not the question I was going to ask. Uh, I don't believe there's a pirate one. Just bottoms up. <laughs> there you go. That works. Cheers. Bottoms up. Seriously, this is good. I swear, Jane has this goal to make me spit whatever beverage I'm drinking. She was muted, though, so it's week. fine. Yeah. It, like, some weeks it, it doesn't happen. That's fine. But like this last time, I was taking a big swig of water because, again, my voice is a little rough because spring allergies and whatnot. And I'm taking this big old swig of water. And then he says all the things he was saying and almost lost it again. Mm-hmm. Repeat yeah. it. Episode two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is water and less painful this time. <laughs> right. All right. Well, y'all, I was going to say, y'all know what the heck we're drinking. So I yeah. think we should jump into our beautiful and delicious and wonderful main topic tonight. W- w- would you, would you agree? Yes. Yes. All right. Well, let's do that. What you talking about? So once again, we're going to be taking a look at some 9.1 action this episode, since we have another chapter that's added to the PTR. A lot of data mining has been going on and whatnot. Between that and having the wonderful guests this week, I, it's safe to assume there are spoilers and it's abundant and it's going to happen. So this is your warning to turn off this episode and come back at a later time if you are avoiding spoilers. Avast, there be spoilers. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why you got to do it in front of the kid with the effing. All you got to do is say earmuffs to him. Earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's perfect. Yar. Manny, you're fine with spoilers. You pick up your earmuffs. <laughs> See, and I'm, I'm the one sitting here with actual earmuffs for headphones, so... I feel singled out by that. That's okay. I mean, I could put mine on. I just don't want to. <laughs> there. Okay. There we go. And Manny, Manny's with who me. has earbuds, has went and grabbed his headset. I mean, it's not plugged in or anything, but just in, you know, solidarity with Jared. Yeah. I'm standing behind my bro. <laughs> so, as we know, when Arthur stabbed Frostmourne. Stabbed Frostmourne. Wow. Great job with your notes, Allie. When Arthas stabbed Uther with Frostmourne, it wounded Arthas, Uther's soul. Wow, my brain is just like not, I blame allergies. Somehow it's it's involved, it's fine. <laughs> so Arthas stabbed Uther with Frostmourne and her, it was bad. As it turns out, when a Morn blade is wielded with rage, it can shatter a soul into fragments. And we actually are going to get a chance in chapter six of 9.1 to find out 
what happens with that and all that jazz, which is pretty great. So in this chapter, we spend some time with Thenios, the paragon of wisdom <laughs> from Bastion. And we find out that Frostmourne tore a fragment from Uther's soul. And Thenios is convinced that without it, Uther may never heal. And so Bolvar, you know, being Bolvar, jumps in and says, I have seen a vision of where such vessels are kept, but retrieving it will prove perilous. The jailer keeps his treasures well guarded. So as it turns out, the jailer has a vault hidden deep within Torghast, where the jailer keeps souls he deems quote-unquote valuable. So it's safe to assume that Uther's soul is in there. And during this quest, we actually get to go there. So what I want to know from you guys is what other souls do we think could be in this vault? Who do you think is worthy from the jailer's viewpoint to be in this vault? Mm, I don't know. (laughs) um, So there's the whole fan theory that Varian doesn't really have a soul anymore because Goldan completely obliterated it. But uh, I'd say Varian would be in there as as a possibility. But then again, we already know he's not showing up in Shadowlands due to Right. interviews so yeah he's in the box yeah. so hmm. me could be like so, so we we'll, we'll go over into a little bit like some of those ones we do see but as we've known you know they may not be showing us everything that could be in this vault we might find out later some things that are in the vault that we don't see in this patch maybe maybe we see Varian soul at some point maybe yeah i mean i personally am a fan of the Varian got disenchanted theory <laughs> i'm not <laughs> I mean, he deserves better, like, man. I'm, I don't care if you're Horde Alliance. He deserves better. I'm I'm a fan of it from a story perspective because, like, a, a common theme that we have with the with the expansion, right, is like we we've got the obvious with Draka and Thrall, right, uh, and like they get to have some sort of some sort of closure uh, between the two of them. Like they they get to you know have that that moment, uh, right. But I think something that they're going for with Anduin uh, would be to kind of deny him that. Like, I don't think we're going to see his mom. I don't think we're going to see his dad. Two characters that were taken from him before, before in his mind, their time was was come. So I think I think for for them to do that, they would either need to, you know, keep holding on to this explanation of that the explanation that we've been given before that, you know, there's infinite realms in the in the Shadowlands, but we're still seeing all these different characters that have died in the past that are cropping up all over the place. So why wouldn't we see characters like Varian pop up uh, since they were such prominent souls and all of the souls that we're seeing in the Shadowlands are prominent souls, ones that would have a reason to be there. So I think for them to actually be able to take that out uh, as a possibility would to say that his soul was obliterated. I, mean, I don't know. So one of the things that I've uh, kind of noticed, and it just seems like a, a weird theme for me, speaking of TBC and classic and all that, I don't know, it seems it seems to me, other than Arthas, obviously, it seems to me like the, the the main prominent souls that we keep interacting with are all from TBC because <laughs> we got Kael'thas. We got Lady Vash. All right. They were on the same team. And we even have Garrosh a little bit. And Garrosh was first introduced ever in TBC when you went and, you know, said hello to him in, uh, in Garadar. 
And I don't know. I just thought I, I, that was just a, a fun observation in my mind, only because I remember that there is a there's a the the conversation that is had at one point where you know Kalthos and, and Vosh are talking sometime in nine point one. They're like, "What do you think happened to Illidan? I don't think he's dead." <laughs> yeah, that, I cracked up when I saw that in the broadcast. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> I, I played through that part. I love their banter. But I think that they've done a good job of actually bringing characters back from every every era. Like, even if like let's let's call Garrosh introduced in in Burning Crusade, call him a Burning Crusade character, and Garrosh is going to be coming up in nine point one. But we've also seen like a lot of characters that are like introduced in Warcraft three slash vanilla and in Wrath of the Lich King having prominence. So Kelthuzad is a big one. Um, mm-hmm. now, now this entire thing is revolving around the shadow of Arthas, which is clearly Wrath of the Lich King. Right. Them talk, uh, talk about things like, um, <clears throat> with Draka, who is, um, like way before any of the Warcraft games, really. So like they, they've been having them come from all different places. Mankirk's wor- wife actually showing up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very happy they did that. That <laughs> was like great. the one that I wanted <laughs> more than anything. Um, but like I gotta I, I gotta back Jared up on this. I think that you can't have characters brought in that would almost ruin the current trajectory of like character arcs where you have Anduin who is trying to find his own footing as a king and try and is very much trying to find his own place to have his father be uh, to come in and, and give him a lot of validation that would completely undermine him finding it on his own. Um, I don't think that services the plot whatsoever. So if we do see him show up, I I would have suspected it was before he got like dominated um, by the jailer, and then he therefore he gets new neuroses to deal with, or while he's uh, dominated, uh, that's when like his his dad shows up and's like, fight it, boy, fight it, and then maybe he breaks it, but like it it uses up all of. Um, the remaining ashes of Varian's soul. So, like one last heroic sacrifice <clears throat> for Varian, but they can't—they can't really have a strong interaction because, like, Varian would do too much good for Anduin as a character, too much bad for Anduin's character uh, plot, as it were. Yeah, I, I feel like it—it it acts like too much of kind of a Deus Ex Machina. Like, get Anduin out of jail free card. Just have his dad show up, like. It just wouldn't be satisfying to me personally for that to happen. It's official. Varian is a sonic screwdriver. Nice. All right. (laughs) (laughs) See, I kept hoping that he would see Varian or even just Tiffin at some point. Just this poor guy. He's what, 18? Like, he's been through so much crap in his life. And like, my, my heart was just hoping for some kind of closure or just a little a little boost up you know and i feel like even if it just happens after he gets cleared of whatever domination is happening with with the jailer that may, maybe then but then but but now that we know that we're not seeing Varian, i was like okay maybe, maybe tiffin i don't think tiffin's necessarily worthy of being in the jailer's vault like i don't see the jailer saying "Ooh, this is a valuable soul i'm gonna put it in my little hidden vault over here but at some point i was hoping she would show up but I see what you're saying, Manny, in that it it's kind of nice to have his story arc where he is going through all this crap and is struggling and 
you know, at some point, you know, might be the bearer of chaos and might be why the Alliance finally is the one to have issues down the road. You know, like it's his story right now is just getting deeper and more rich as it goes along and having this nice, simple like, oh, Andy wins getting closure may not aid that. So I, I, I see your point with that. I mean, man, I, I really do want the Alliance to move the story forward on its own merits rather than reacting to external stuff. So like you put it as the Alliance having problems of of its own. I write that like internal conflict is a story motivator. I I dislike that the Alliance is always like, what's the horde doing over there? We got to stop them. What's this bad guy doing over there? We got to stop them. It's like, what do you do in your day to day life other than look at a bulletin board and be like, hey, hey, anybody seen any bad guys? Anybody seen any bad guys? We'll take them. <laughs> right? Like that that's an interesting story. But I think that Anduin can be done well as a as a idealistic character, a character that like pushes towards the ideals and be different than a Mary Sue, which is a which is a character that like pushes towards the best and always gets their way. Right. So like rather than Anduin being the cause of the issues, it could be that like he's put to put in front of a situation where there is no exact right answer. Like I always thought that him marrying Tess, right. Would be a great sort of, a great sort of thing where like, cause have you seen those like, uh, Tess Anduin, the uh, little comic strips and stuff. And like, yeah. it's so cute. But if Tess like actually was a worgen and there were people within Stormwind that like, didn't really like the worgens because of the curse or if right. The Colterans could be like quote unquote purists, or like that sort of thing, that would be very interesting because like he's trying to hold the kingdom together, but he wants to go with his heart. That's a cool sort of thing. There can be like insurrectionists around there. There's already that those like Scarlet Brotherhood missives about like how soft Anduin is on the on these like other races. And I think World of Warcraft could handle that. It's like clearly an allegory for stuff, but like I I think that is very interesting story that is purely alliance and their internal struggles that you can then rotate into a game by having like hey you're going back into scarlet monastery and it's like the resurgence because they're the scarlet brotherhood or like a siege of stormwind where it's not the horde sieging stormwind it's like hey these uh, these insurrections have come through and it's an alliance only campaign where you're trying to like hold stormwind together like that to me is like interesting rather than like flipping the uh, the thing and it's like oh now the alliance is bad and the horde have to stop them or or something that like spins from that because every time every time we have some alliance character and it's like oh yes i was corrupted by the old gods and now i'm not a priest of the temple i'm like benedictus the the like mispronouncing power (laughs) (laughs) well and as of now we, we might still get something like that because we saw at the end of shadows rising where and when had the little shadow tendril come out of his sleeve. And so that, that was like the little like nugget of information that says like there's something going on with Anduin in the shadow still. So plus we have Tyrellian on, you know, filling in for Anduin while he's gone and Illyria, you know, with her shadow stuff. So we might still get some of that, but I don't know if that's going to be the vehicle for alliance issues or the vehicle for light versus void. Yeah. I could see it. I could see it as both. I can see it as the alliances hook into either of those. And one of like the reason that I'm not guessing on like who's in it, because I, I already know I've been spoiled and 
I don't want to like, I don't want to guess when I already know, but one of the ones that's in there, when we get there, I, I really do want to talk about how they could be connecting to this light and shadow because they're, they're some very cool things. Yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> well, to keep everything going on, do we think that a part of Sylvanas could be in this vault? Uh, I'm actually, so I'm a little sad. Um, I My book, my, my folk and fairy tale book is a little delayed. However... Based on some one of the little leaked things that I've I've seen, I haven't read the whole story, but based on what we've seen, I have a strong suspicion that the answer is actually yeah, a part of her could be in there, and I don't know, I don't, I'm not actually sure. I like what that may mean in terms of the the character and like the storytelling of like the oh well, it wasn't really her all along; it was just a part of her. You know, she was okay in the end. Come on, we're judging her for only a, what, a, what the bad side of her soul was doing, not the good side. You know, if you had the full Sylvanas, you know, Ranger General, she would have made better choices. You know, she would have ate her vegetables at dinner. She wouldn't have just had the candy. <laughs> <laughs> she True. She sent many people out to die because she didn't have her vegetables. <laughs> Exactly. That's yeah, totally I, why. That's why. That's why Teldrassil made her so angry because it looked like broccoli, <laughs> and it just sent her off. You it did. You heard it here first. That's a, that's the thing now. Mm-hmm. It's broccoli. Bonus and broccoli. I'm not going <laughs> to eat the broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. But yeah, I, I think I think that it would be kind of kind of weird and. Uh, like I, I brought up Deus Ex Machina's before that kind of would, you know, serve the same purpose in, in her storyline of, well, Uther's soul was fragmented. We obviously know that. And people have been and have been theorizing that since day one of Shadowlands, when we got the first cinematic, the, the Bastion Afterlives uh, video, uh, like it clearly you see a fragment of Uther leave him. Uh, with Frostmourne and you're like if that were to also have happened with Sylvanas it like it kind of breaks the purpose of her story in a way I'm I'm looking at it and I'm thinking about because when we did when we saw the uh, Sylvanas when she died to Arthas we didn't see her soul split but in Uther we did see the soul split and Mm -hmm. the the big thing about it is that it needs to be done in rage. Right. Uther and uh, and Arthas had a long history, and it felt like a betrayal, and all and all of this. And this was him getting like parts of it before he marched marched on uh, Silvermoon, right? Like he was mm-hmm. desecrating his father's grave and all of that. I really believe <laughs> that he may have killed Sylvanas but not in rage and that her soul may not be split. Uh, sorry, may not be split. Um, she was definitely an annoyance and he saw a value in it. But when he killed her and was like, yeah, I'm going to use you. It was a cold, cold sort of move where it's like, I'm going to take pleasure in this. You have annoyed. It was very, so, very cold and calculating. It was, it, it didn't seem yeah. very enraged. It was more of a, um, even if you play through Warcraft three and you, you hear the lines, it wasn't a, He's not, I'm not going to give it. No, it was a, 
I'm not going to satisfy you with a clean death. No, I'm going to mess with you. It was very much that. <laughs> yeah. Now, I on the note of the like the the new books that are coming out with, you know, the the leaked story there implying that part of Sylvanas's soul is there. I think that while the Frostmourne theory might not be where that is coming from, I think that there may be something to do with one of the bosses in Sanctum of Domination, the Nine. Uh, if if my theory is correct on this, then the uh, uh, the Valkyr that uh, that Sylvanas met when she you know jumped off of Icecrown Citadel, they would have been allegedly under the jailers. Yeah, allegedly, <laughs> uh, they would have been under the jailers' control, and uh, them offering the bargain of one of us will take your place so that you can continue on. Um, maybe that's where the soul fragmentation happened, not with Frostborn. And that's how the jailer would have gathered part of Sylvanas's soul and started to corrupt her in that moment. I think that that would be a really cool way to move forward because it doesn't tie her even more to Arthas's story. Right. Uh, and give her character the same uh, the same way out that Uther has. I just don't want her to have an out at all. I just, I want her choices to be on her for whatever she deals with, whether it is a redemption, which I'm somewhat against and I retract somewhat there. Um, and if she goes down in flames, I want it to be because of the choices she made that she couldn't see a way out and she didn't have the hope that other people have in Azeroth where it's like, oh my goodness, the heroes of Azeroth, they always have hope and Anduin, he always ha had hope and that's why he could connect to the, uh, to the light, right? I, I want there to be consequences for the actions rather than, oh yes, they were corrupted or they were manipulated or they were replaced with a doppelganger who happened to be a, a dragon in like ladies' clothes. Like I just, I want it to be the uh, the consequences of her actions this was sylvanas right she was wronged but all she could see was the wrong and she could never make anything right yeah i agree with that i also really agree interesting. It, I, I, it just as hearing you all talk right now i was thinking about it and it makes sense like so so we know from a recent interview that sylvanas might be dying after this raid we weren't about spoilers, so I don't feel too bad about saying that. But it makes sense to me because if we are fighting the nine, which we know we are, mm -hmm. we're, we're I'm assuming we're ending the nine, which means that's 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 it. Like the, the, that's her lifelines. They're gone. So it makes mm -hmm. sense that she would die at the end of this. Yeah. I mean, I, that's that's a theory. Like, let, let me throw on my tinfoil hat here. Do it. Okay. All right. So <laughs> we say that. <laughs> the, the exact thing is that we get to loot the bow off her corpse. Right, right. Not that she's necessarily dead, that we're looting off her corpse. What if, because with Sylvanas as a banshee, her soul and her, and her body aren't exactly aligned. What if she leaves her body behind and she possesses another uh, vessel? Maybe That's when Nathanos shows up and she possesses Oh god, that's Nathanos, where he's been the whole who time. Who still hasn't showed up yet. <laughs> 
There you go. There He's you been go. in her back pocket the whole time, and she's just been waiting to like take it out like a pokeball and just jump in. <laughs> Nathanos, I choose you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean the the uh, the absolute bonkers one is that she possesses the jailer, and she becomes the ultimate enemy. Yeah, it's bonkers. You can take that hat off. Yeah, now. yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna. A beautiful yeah. paper hat. It, it was. It was all around. Did you have something to add? No, no. I'm just getting ready as we jump into this next bit of a right. discussion. Well, if no one has anything else to add. We will move on. We're good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in this quest line, this, this chapter, we go to Torghast. And first off, we pick up the box of many things, which again, this is, this is, you know, PTR. So who knows? And um, we bring it to the room carver, blah, 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 blah. But we also go into the portal of souls to pick up the remnant of Uther's soul. So we're actually entering this, you know, special vault that the jailer has, right? In here, we see some soul fragments that were victims of worm blades. No named ones per se. You know, there's no actual like Bob George of blah, 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 blah. But when you scroll over them, you see multiple forgotten victims. You know, you can't flavor text kind of thing. We see, you know, they're, they're the nameless ones. But we find the fragment of the first paladin, which would be Uther. But we have mm-hmm. some nickname souls. And I kind of want to go over these with you guys and see who you think they are. Some of them are super obvious, but some of them, you know, maybe not so, so obvious. I thought it'd be fun. So the first one, again, kind of obvious. The Arch Magus Magus, whatever, mentor. I think that's Antonitis. Honestly. Pretty sure it's Antonitis, right? That, that yeah. one's kind of obvious, right? You can all agree on that one. Yeah, that's my, because yeah, he got killed by Arthas, so yeah, yeah. we're going with go with Antonis. Get get yourself the, a free fireball whenever you cast a spell. There you go. There you go. Easy. The Golden King. See, this one's tougher. Um, yeah, I, I know who I think it is, but I want to hear what you guys think it is. I can't come up with a with a possibility for that one. So the Golden King for me is uh, so it. I there's another one in the list that I was gonna. I was like, and then I was like, oh, back it up. I believe this is Kalethas' father. Um, uh, I can't remember his name. So, Ali. Anastarian. Yeah, thank you. Anastarian Anastarian. I think it's Anastarian. Yeah. Anastarian Sunstrader, yeah. I don't know who else it would be, honestly. I think it would make the most sense. Now that that I say it out loud, this is no longer tough. It's Anastarian. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, this one one has me a little bit. The Holy Life Bringer. Um, I don't know this one. Holy Lifebringer, who did he stab? Mm. Was yeah, was there another paladin that he killed? Uh, he did stab. Um, uh, uh, I think what was his name? I think it was uh, Gavin Rad or something like that. Or jeez, uh, oh jeez. So I did. So so in all like honesty here, while we're doing this, like I I have this list because I watched uh, Novel's playthrough for it, and on mm-hmm. his video he posted a tweet that someone had of who they thought all of these were. Yeah. Um, and oh, of so course, you're you're cheating. <laughs> I did the show notes. I had to make sure I was prepared. <laughs> but of course, it would help if I actually did not just scribble and actually wrote these a little more clearly. Because this were this one, um, I scribbled. Um, Helen Helenix. I don't know. Yeah, the like, holy, holy life bringer. The only I thing know. I could come up with that one. Was, I don't know. It was Gavin, Gavin Rad the Dyer. He was the paladin that was originally from Stormwind. Uh, Arthas also killed him. 
he was the one who got like the Libram of compassion or something like that. <laughs> it was the, mm. it was the kind of like, Oh, it was kind of like the captain planet heart version in my opinion. So, <laughs> so, um, but so when, when did Alonzo's foul die? Uh, I can't Alonzo's foul died just to the scourge specifically. It wasn't actually, yeah. um, okay, okay. it wasn't Arthas. Scourging of Cherish's fall. Okay. okay. Like these, he killed like with the first scourge wave. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Although I guess, I mean, in all reality, while sure, I guess if these are fragments and souls, it would probably be from a more blade of some type. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think if, if you're talking about like Alonzo's foul for a second, he seems to be pretty intact with his soul. <laughs> At least. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's, there, I mean, the, the precedent would still be there though. If, if like, yeah, the, I guess Uther the kind of seems kind of intact, weird. but yeah, like that, that still fits, but. I don't know. I, I, like the, the the kind of intact thing is more that he was operating in Legion in a very beneficial, if not flat out benign, like just, yeah, benign, if not flat out beneficial way, helping the, against the Legion invasion, which doesn't really Great voice lead actor into too, by the way. Plans. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. 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 Also very good. Um, I always think that like it, the souls that the jailer would want that he would have influenced Arthas to kill Right, would have been it would have been people who would have stabilized the world and prevented it f- uh, from going into war. Right, that makes so sense. like that's why you have people who are like leaders that would have led to stability that might have been like peacekeepers that would have like dampened tensions between different uh, different factions or united one of the factions to be strong enough to overwhelm the other and just end uh, further conflict. So like when I look at these, I'm sort of like, okay, like what do you get, like? Obviously, um, the Arch Mag is like that's a powerful aid that would have listened to uh, to Jaina. Um, then they like help uh, survive, have more humans survive the scourging, which is less people going uh, going to the Maw or dying in general, that sort of thing. So like, it's it's that sort of stuff where it's like, okay, I see the Jailer having like play, playing this thing where he's knocking certain pieces out to like destabilize the world in general right and varian was a it was a warmonger for a while so i just don't think he'd go into into that uh category yeah a little bit <laughs> yeah so who Just do we think the grand magister is i know this one do you Belivier selenar that's what the tweet the, said so i'm guessing that's the, right yeah Off- he was the grand magister under uh anisteria that, okay, okay. thank you because like off the top of my head like i saw that name and i'm like I don't know who that is. I was going to say thank you, lover of elves, for uh, enlightening the rest of us. Because I was You're like, welcome. Because when you said that, I was like, who? <laughs> right. That's what. Yeah. I was hoping. Yeah. It, know, so very, very, very minor character in Warcraft Three. Like his name comes up literally once, and it's yeah, it's it's not a very well known character, and I don't think that he has any reference other than maybe a passing reference in world of warcraft itself so I'm not surprised no one knows <laughs> <laughs> I, I know this is like a question you're about to ask later but I, i've got to ask such a minor character what value does that have for the jailer like like you guys are explaining who this person is and i'm still like I, I don't know I, did I, I kick him in the campaign was I like training up like 10 orcs and he happened again the way? What happened? Who is this guy? <laughs> I don't know. 
think Jared's uh, also <laughs> Jared? failing to explain who this guy is because he's so minor. It's just he happens to know the name. <laughs> well, I mean, like, so he's he was the the Grand Magister. So like everyone knows uh, Magister Umbrick, right? Right. The, yep. The guy that started the Void Elves. Oh, uh, that dude. Okay. Like that. Right. Th- it's an order. They were they were like the. Uh, Basically, the elf equiv or elven equivalent of uh, the the human mages that created the Kirintor. Yeah, like okay. they that was where the equivalent is uh, in in elven or high elven society. Uh, was the magisters were the the kind of uh, leaders of Can the say, arcane? What was arts. his name again? By the way, just say it one more time for the Belavir Salinar. So, Grand Magic. Okay, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna look this up. I'm gonna look, you keep you gotta keep talking. Bellinger Salon Salonar. <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually know. Who I mean, this that's, is. that's it. Like, there's he's not really any, um, not really that significant to like the overall lore. Um, but he was he was the 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 Grand Magister under Anastarian. So he he was he was there. Basically, his lore significance in this context is that he was in uh, Quathalas during the uh, the Scourge invasion. Hmm. And like me again, it could be for D chess where when when we actually find out why this person was there, if they had been there at that time, they could have prevented something and it would have been a big, big deal. But because they were killed, they never rose to the significance that they that they were meant to be. But they're still significant to the jailer. That said. Time is not a, constru- a construct that has much place in uh, much grasp in the Shadowlands. So maybe the the uh, forces of death can sort of see a bit into the future or aren't so bound by t- time and order. Um, it, def- it definitely makes sense when you think of like how the Kyrian can be at the place at the time of your death to, to scoop you up because they kind of see it coming, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing is, I mean, again, not to knock some random guy who uh, posted on a novel's uh, feed, but like there could also be that some of these guys are characters that we actually don't know yet and will meet in future. Right. True. True. We've had the Whispers of Ilganoff, uh, two expansions running. And if you guys check out this uh, lovely show that I like to listen to called Live, Laugh, Lore, they've had two episodes <laughs> about that. It's a good show. But, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to be on it one day. Um, but okay. like, surprise! <laughs> oh, oh my god! Welcome. And I was wearing the paper hat. No, no. no. But anyways, um, they haven't had some sort of forward projection um, foreshadowing yet, and this would be a great place to do it with some souls. As like, what is that soul about? And then later on, you're like. Oh my goodness! That's what the soul was like. What if? What if the Holy yeah. Lifebringer is supposed to be like the place where he's going to eventually store Turalyon's soul? Yeah, or Anduin, <gasps> or Urel. Oh well, maybe spicy. Remember, <laughs> remember with the big rope thing. How like when these, when all these souls from different uh, realities die, rope. they all converge in the Shadowlands. True. 
We we love ropes here at Live Laugh Lore. <laughs> oh, no, I listened to that episode. That I agree entirely with the rope <laughs> debunking. Uh, yeah, I, I like. I think the Grand Magister and the next one on the list. If if you don't mind me jumping ahead to the next one, Do uh, it. the Blood Jump Queen. Um, that obviously that one's Lanithel. Lanithel, yeah. super obvious, right? Uh, oh, but like those two are like very explicit like same with archmage's mentor like those those three in particular in this list are definitely definitely like we know who those are yeah 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 uh, oh and by the way the uh the grand magister that i was thinking of isn't dead yet he's still alive and kicking mm. that's grand magister romath the one that came after uh the freaking Be- belovir Saladar. yeah so uh, Romath, he's the one that actually created and came up with the idea for the original Blood Knights. So, mm-hmm. oh. yeah, he's still he's still okay. It was the Grand Magister that I was like, I remember that term. It was just that Bethan Solanar. He was, but I was like, what? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. When Arthas killed that guy, Romath got the job. So yeah, there yeah. you go. Romath was. He, he's the one that harnessed a, a Naru. Well, yeah, it was Kelha sent it to him, and he's like, I got a surprise for you, and he's like, I could use that. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Pretty much. All right. All right, so the next on the list, we've done, we've done Blood Queen. That's obviously the NFL. Yeah. So, Champion of Peace. Now, in this uh, tweet that Nobel shared on his stream, that's where he said that Gavinrat is. Could be, yeah. But what do you guys think? I'm thinking Professor Putricide. <laughs> what? <clears throat> just, he, he seemed to be a very peaceful guy. He was talking about good news and everything like that. I don't know. <laughs> good news, everybody. Seems, seems like he seemed to be a champion of peace to me. I don't know. <laughs> but that's no ordinary gas cloud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't back that up. That's because it's a joke. I don't know who the champion <sighs> piece is. Gavin Rad's ah. probably in here, and uh, he's either the holy life bringer or the champion of peace. And it, yeah, yep, it's one of those two. I mean, couldn't the couldn't the the champion of or not the champion of peace, but the the holy life bringer? Couldn't that have been? Well, I guess either would be interchangeable between Alexandros and Gavin Rad, because both of them died. Uh, but but Alexander didn't die by the born blade of kid. Right, that's what I was just gonna say. Out. Right, throw that out. I just delete that part. <laughs> <I didn't say laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was gonna say yeah, none of that. So champion of peace. Mm, I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing. Um, yeah. So so the holy life bringer and or champion of peace. Throw Gavin so Red in there is one one of them, and the other one he, I don't he's know. He's one. He's one of them. He's in there. So somewhere. if Gavin Red is who this person is claiming is the champion of peace, who who are they saying the holy life bringer is? Oh, that was the one that Ali was like. Hum, 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 hum. <laughs> that was one where Ali's like <laughs> past Ali. Have better head running. <laughs> <laughs> oh right. Okay. Yeah. So. I, I don't I don't know who that who that would be. I didn't recognize the name. I know that much. I don't know. Is, does Alex Raza have does she got a someone that got killed by <laughs> Did Arthas get somebody? Think so <laughs> Okay. I don't like he didn't go up against red dragons, did he? No. Not that I'm aware. Cinder Ghost is a blue dragon, right? 
Sindrigo, yes, Sindrigo says a blue dragon. And Sindragosa was dead during like the the friggin' the sundering is when when she died. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. Yeah. So the next couple are obvious. Well, pretty obvious. Guardian Nexramus. I mean Kelf is up, but he, Bigglesworth. Bi- it's Bigglesworth. It's Bigglesworth. Yeah, there it is. It's Bigglesworth. We got it. <laughs> Maybe Saphirin? Everyone? Yeah, that could be. So that is a, a, no, speaking of blue dragons. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, could could be could be Sephiron. The, the reason I had to go get Frostrose's gear. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Did no, it was actually it was it was Arthas that killed uh Kel'Thuzad. Yeah. So yeah. Very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I said Arthas, I was thinking of like non Lich King or Death Knight Arthas was still his hammer. He smacked him with a hammer. <laughs> yeah. He pulled an Yzma on him. <laughs> Smash him with a <laughs> hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Kel'Thuzad died twice. Well, I mean to Arthas. I thought that he had like pissed him off at some point and Arthas killed him and, and brought him back. After he resurrected him through the Sunwell, um, I don't yeah. recall that. I don't recall that either. I'm going with a that's a negative ghost rider pattern okay. is full. May I <laughs> private maybe, maybe you've been playing too much of the storm lately. <laughs> <laughs> Just killing all the Kelthazads. I've been getting too many health globes, man. Mm. <laughs> all right, so Great. we're yeah we're going with Saphiron and or Bigglesworth. Like Emphasis Bigglesworth on Bigglesworth. We're going Bigglesworth. There we go. <laughs> It would be Last. if it was Bigglesworth and the, and the jailer was just like, it was such a nice cat. I couldn't let it go out there in the mall. It's dangerous out there. I mean, Kel'Thuzad's one of his one of his generals now. Like, he's got to take care of his generals. And right? Bigglesworth is, Of course, you know, you know Kel'Thuzad wants Bigglesworth with him. It makes yeah. sense. It makes yeah. sense. It does. All right, the next one's like super it. easy. Like next one's super easy. It's the betrayed father. Thrall. It's, it's Tyrannus. Wait. It's not. <laughs> 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 what? You get all your lore facts right here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's King Terranus, not Thrall. Yeah, he's, he's still yeah, okay. That's obvious. <laughs> yeah, King Terranus. That was easy. But so, and, and that that's easy. Totally agree. But then I was trying to figure out, like, how would the jailer find value in King Terranus? Because he totally like he raised a, a bunch of adventurers. He clearly is like a champion of the light, and we don't actually know why he's the champion of the light. He's like, Jabra's good up. I couldn't do this in life, but I can do this now that I'm dead. <laughs> well, I think that also um, he may have been worried that like King Ternus would give away too much of his plan. Like he would have seen like the great difference in in the in the soul. King Ternus, like he knew Arthas, and that was a big part of the jailer's plan on Azeroth and so like in trying to keep the information under wraps Uther you know his his soul fragment went in there he didn't realize that the soul had been fragmented perhaps that was not according to his plan but the Uther soul being pulled into Frostmourne um, and then of course the uh, King Tyrannus' soul again to just keep keep a lid on things until he was ready to move don't want those souls going through uh, through uh, normal sorting and they're like hey why do you end up here you say the jailer's doing what now? <laughs> and I think it could be just as simple as he he is attracted to power, and there is inherent power in these souls uh, that that he's collecting. 
Yeah, there seems to be some kind of inherent power with uh, the soul of a king. I don't know. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like it, it very well could be the case that it's, it's just a latent power that he's just attracted to. And, and we we know for a fact that he has been amassing power and orchestrated the, uh, you know, the collapse of of Oribos, or at least the the demise of the Arbiter, uh, strictly speaking to amass uh, an insane amount of of power through anima. Uh, pouring into the maw, and uh, so naturally, it just would be a thing that he did was just collect souls that he that he felt were worthy, or at least even just fragments of souls that he found worthy. Yeah, I think pretty much. I mean, that sums up a lot of these, right? So just to keep things going, uh, these souls are basically sol because <laughs> we leave them behind and just take back Uther's. The rest of them are just kind of left. All the soul fragments just kind of. I left behind, which I found funny for some reason. Uh, so this is where we find <laughs> out that without a paragon of loyalty, a new sigil can't be forged. As we find out in 9.1, they're trying to reforge the sigils that the jailer has taken, like all of them. And we see Uther's soul suffering because that soul shard that you know we got had been twisted and darkened thanks to the power of Frostmourne. And we also learn that his memories are shattered into and so we get this task of walking him through his past memories and basically revealing the truths within them as he's a little, little confused, which also it's, it's pretty cool. I'm not going to go into all the details here, but it's very similar to how we saw Illidan's memories through Legion. Kind of the same, you know, scenario type thing. We get to see Uther when he first becomes a paladin. We get to see, you know, when Arthas kills him. Like it's 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 actually it's really cool. Um as you can guess, Arthas is in a couple of them. We also find out that Uther blames himself for what happened to Arthas, which I, th- I thought was, you know, I mean, it makes sense. You know, he's talking about vengeance versus justice and whatnot, but that was that was pretty cool. Um, the Carrion also realized that they need a new path in this cha- chapter, and they make up with some of the Forsworn, and they become a little, a little less cult-like, which is good. They reclaim the Temple of Loyalty, install a new Paragon, blah, 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 things happen. We just found out today, though, <laughs> at the time of this recording, that, um, you know, thanks to them, some wildhead magic, that we also get a new Paragon of Devotion to replace Devos. And that was Adrestus? I think that's how you said that. It becomes a new Paragon. And then good old Clea, which no matter if you are Kyrian or if you just quested through Bastion, you get to meet Clea. Clea becomes the Hand of Devotion. Which I was, I was really happy to hear that. You get a little quest from her. She talks about how she doesn't feel worthy, and I'm like, oh, Leia, I feel you. So, so excited for her. Um, the Force Warner welcome back to the Carrions, and they basically are given the choice of you know keeping their memories or not keeping their memories. It's up to them, which is neat. Uh, then we get a cup scene. It's not completed yet. There's no textures even, and there isn't much audio, so it's not really worth playing here. But that was worth mentioning. Mostly because I'm excited for Clea, but also because we're starting to see that they need all of the Paragons in order to form the new sigil. So they're they're taking care of business. Hmm. But in the end, Uther is asked about what happened to Arthas. And he admits to all of them that they chucked him into the maw. And he actually blames Devos for basically pushing him down the quote-unquote dark path to, you know, dropping him in the maw. And we find out from Pelagos that since this is done without the Arbiter's knowledge, 
Arthas may actually have a chance at redemption, which I would assume that means going to Revendreth to atone for his sins and whatnot. But really what this means is that this is, this is another tease at a redemption arc from Blizzard. So how do we feel about a possible Arthas redemption? Boo. That's my <laughs> <laughs> That is my opinion on an Arthas redemption arc. Uh, Boo. Hard, hard no. <laughs> Boo hiss. Boo. Or as they say in, uh, uh, what is that movie? Uh, Half-Baked. Boo this man! Good no! <laughs> grief. Go for it, Jared. And you, you tell me what you think. What do, what do you think about an Arthas redemption arc? Okay, so hear me out here. Okay. I don't <laughs> think it would be the worst thing. I still don't want it. I want to be perfectly clear on that. I still don't want it. But I don't think it would be the worst thing um, because ultimately his his influence on this on the narrative going forward would cease at that moment. Like the, the moment his quote unquote redemption arc finishes, his his influence on the narrative as a whole would cease at that moment. Like it would be like different from Sylvanas getting a clear, you know, end to to a redemption arc. It would be something that would that would be finite uh, and, and would ultimately cap at, a, at that point, um, because so like so much of the story. And I I, I can't stress this enough to people um, when they when they ask me questions about like where where to start with the lore, like every time I tell them start with Arthas because literally everything in this story has to do with Arthas and the ramifications of his actions uh, explicitly throughout the entire history. No, well, not the entire history, but like most of the the history and story that we play through in World of Warcraft has to do with Arthas and the aftermath of his actions um so for him to get a redemption arc to uh, ultimately land in either revendreth or or bastion or, or wherever he ends up in the shadowland um with a redemption arc completed would be the ultimate end on his story we would not continue down that story path any further and i think that that would do a world of good for the the story of War- world of warcraft uh, as a whole, because they've been they've been kind of tied to that. Like we're still working on stories to this day. Like the entire Shadowlands expansion is kind of, I think, Blizzard's attempt at capping the story of Arthas Minithil. So I think it would be not the worst thing to happen for the overall story of of Warcraft. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight you on that one. I think that oh they have. They have been doing the work of trying to expand the Warcraft universe, and you can't just have that come out of the blue because it gets wholeheartedly rejected. Suddenly, where it's like, "Hey, we're gonna have like the like life gods, and they're gonna show up, and like that sort of thing," you'd be people would be like, "Okay, uh, you ran out of material. You're pulling it out of nowhere." The only way to to like properly expand upon it without having that kind of criticism is to take seeds that have been out there and expand upon them. So yes, there's this entire thing with death and clearly 
Arthas as like the Lich King in, in charge of undeath and the greatest uh, the greatest uh, force of uh, death that we've seen is a good way to jump on that. Even if it's like he was using those powers, but he, the, uh, but like the demons didn't know exactly what they were. Well, that's what we're seeing. The Nathrazim weren't demons. They were actually uh, coming from the land of death. And it's not like they're, we're saying like, oh, they didn't know what to do with the Nathrazim and this is what they're doing. No, like they are, it is a retcon, but it is a, it is a natural feeling retcon where you're like, oh, okay, that's what it was about. And then that leads into them like bringing the tools of the jailer to create the Lich King and Arthas was a part of that. So yes, they do show that. So they, they, they do show that end because that's a hook that all the players like latch onto. And it brings them into this, into this new world, into this higher level that they're trying to build up. And I think they're going to do the same with a lot of stuff. Like when we eventually are dealing with like the life gods, that's when everybody's going to turn and be like, man, he was saying it all expansion, but you know what? Jin was right. We finally went to the Emble dream. And that's going to be our link through, right? <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you and and expand on on what I said before in that I think that they have done enough uh, expansion of of the story and universe beyond Arthas that it makes sense to close his story now because they have all of those things they built off of that main through line in the story that they can start to spin off new major story through lines uh, throughout the story. Like not saying that they can end everything, all of the ramifications of the Arthas storyline by capping his story off at this point, but that they have enough built up over the years from that storyline that they can make independent stories that are independent just of Arthas himself and not have his his character be kind of the the critical center point of it all if that makes sense i think that makes sense and i think you and i are both on the same page it's just that a matter of i'm saying that we don't need arthas to be involved in the story anymore we already have the shadow of arthas there the the memories of arthas that uh, that uh, that uh, uther is dealing with the like cause uh, the cause of the machine bra- uh, breaking which very much seems to be involved with like the uh, the actions of Arthas, right? The successor of uh, of Arthas, which is Bolvar, who is leading us in. All these people who have had connections with the Lich King in one way or another, and the fact that hey, one of the bosses in nine point one uh, Sanctum of Domination raid is the very first Lich King that we know of, right? The mm-hmm. uh, the the war chief of the well, I guess they weren't war chiefs then, but the chief of the shadow, shadow moon, moon near Zul, right? So like, there's all of this mythos that they can touch upon, but we don't have to have Arthas show up and be like, yeah, no, let me tell you the story of what was actually going down. Like, we we could move past it and just be dealing with those ramifications. And I think it's it's almost an allegory of Varian. We don't need Varian's soul to be there. We do have the ramifications in the shadow of Varian and Anduin trying to like step out of that shadow and find his own way. And like the Alliance who was led by this, who now have a, a leader that is like wholly different while he still shares the same blood and and uh, and the same last name is leading the Alliance in a completely different manner than how his father would do for it. And that sort of legacy 
is really what I would love to deal with rather than the character showing up to be like, let me complete my story again. No, your story is done. We're past you. That's fair. See, now, see, I've seen Shadowlands like kind of both in that they're taking the time to wrap up some stories, not just Arthas, potentially, but also Sylvanas, a little bit of Garrosh, you know, a few scattered here and there. But they're, they're, they're taking this time to wrap up some stories and also draw us in because admittedly, like Arthas and that storyline is what gave me the desire to dive into the lore. So I'm, I'm a sucker for all this Arthas stuff and I'm super excited. But I think it's also them taking the time to wrap that up and also expanding on the universe because you kind of have to wrap up some of these loose ends before you can really dive into some of these things they're, they're thinking about potentially diving into with the, you know, cosmic disco war and, you know, pan- different pantheons we might be exploring now. And before they d- dive into these like huge things, they have these other storylines they have to wrap up. And while sure, Arthas didn't need to be wrapped up per se, but if you're going to go to the Shadowlands, you kind of have to touch on Arthas. Can't go to the Shadowlands and not touch on Arthas. Yeah, especially when you open the entire expansion with him being slam dunked straight into the moth. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's there's one fun thing about 9.1 that I'm really excited about. is because, yeah, like Jared, when you mentioned that, um, you know, the story that is of Warcraft, everything, it kind of, you know, if you, you take all the through lines, they all kind of converge into Arthas. But one of the things I've noticed in all of Warcraft lore, going all the way back, all those through lines go, yes, they converge. They have a little meeting point and they all pass pass through of Arthas. They stop by and say hi, uh, but they keep going and they have this big through point of Sargeras. And what makes me really excited for 9.1 is because apparently where it used to be Sargeras all the way down, now it might be Dreadlords all the way down. And that's what got me really excited because Dreadlords are just messing with everybody, including yeah. Sargeras. And I'm excited for that. So that's, mm-hmm. honestly, that's what I'm really excited about for 9.1. Give me more Dreadlords. Dreadlords are great. <laughs> <laughs> Conniving little liars, basically. And I love them. <laughs> So really quick, we know there's no mythic phase for the Savannah's fight. It's been said in interviews. We haven't seen Arthas in 9.1 yet. When and where do we think we'll, he'll make his appearance? I'm, I'm steadfastly on the uh, he doesn't show his face uh, uh, train. I, I really am about dealing with his ramifications. I know I'm in the minority here and maybe in the community in general. But um, I, I, I think that the Sylvanas fight which is going to be tested this week um is going to be a just like think eternal palace think like think like the big opus fights i i think it's going to be like that where you're going to uh, where you're you're going to be putting this like iconic lore character to rest and looting their corpse so i'm expecting big things from this and i i don't want Arthas in there because it would totally take the uh, the light off of Sylvanas and be like, I do agree. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was always in the, the like even in her final fu- uh, boss fight. Yeah, we gotta make room for Arthas now. No, please no. Totally yeah. agree. As much as I love Arthas, I'm I'm totally on board with that. Like Sylvanas' story has been you know so long at this point, and I think it's necessary to give her that spotlight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if we're gonna see Arthas anywhere in the Sanctum of Domination at all. I actually want it to be like a weird cameo in the um, the Remnant of Ner'zhul fight 
this is where I think it actually belongs. Because uh, I, I totally agree. Uh, let Sylvanas have the spotlight. You don't need freaking Arthas popping in and going, hey, are you doing a Marthas? And Sylvanas is like, really? Here? <laughs> in my final moments? You suck. <laughs> so, <laughs> I agree. That's when she like drops her corpse and like goes off stage. She's like, you know what? Take the corpse. I'm done with this. I'm just guys. <laughs> <out. laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've given some thought to this. Like, when when would I like to see Arthas in the expansion? And under what context would I like to see him? Uh, and I think I would like to see him towards the end of the expansion. Uh, but not as the Arthas that we knew. Um, I think having... Having Arthas show up as so, do you guys remember in Ice Crown, uh, in the Zone Ice Crown, there was a quest line with, with the little, little boy, kid, that little one boy. Yeah, I would like for for the players to to come across his character in a moment in the story where the the character the the players feel uh, that all hope is lost uh and just to see arthas in that state in that form the the child uh the childlike emotion uh form of arthas just apologizing profusely uh for everything um and leave it at that just leave it there just have that be arthas's soul uh as as it's shown up in in the maw uh, have it have it be just him begging us to forgive him for the mistakes that he made and uh, leave it at that. Uh, I, I think that would be that would be quite uh, poetic. <laughs> yeah, I just realized where I want to see Arthas. I'm going to I'm going to explain it to you. So I, I need Kalthos, Arthas, Duritan and maybe some other moron. Kind of just sitting on the side of the, the side of the like like on a dock somewhere, just just chilling out, just looking all defeated and just sad. And they all just said, "I did it all for my people, man. Did it all for my people." And you just realize that, yeah, every single one of them, you screwed up, you stupid idiot. <laughs> <laughs> all for the love of their people. Yeah, so that's that's where I want to see. <laughs> so one more quest line remains for Chains of Domination. It's called. What lies ahead at the time of this recording, it's not actually on the PTR yet. And it may be out by the time this show comes out. Who knows? For now, what do we think this quest line will be about? Honestly, if I were to guess with this whole what lies ahead, my assumption is going to be the final assault moving into, you know, the sink of a domination and what lies ahead and things like that. So it's like, okay, we've you know, dealt with all the, the scary stuff going on in the mall right now and, and Corthia. And now we have to deal with the big bads um, that are in the Sanctum of Domination, primarily the Jailer and Sylvanas and things like that. But obviously we know the Jailer's not there. So Sylvanas will be the stand-in for the big bad for 9.1. <laughs> I was going to say, we don't know the raid schedule for 9.1. Right. Obviously, because we, we don't even have a release date for 9.1 yet. Um, so it'd be quite silly of them to release a raid schedule and not have the release date. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, it's entirely possible that this last chapter uh, titled What Lies Ahead actually happens the week after the raid opens. That it's Could unlocked in the, in the campaign the week after the raid opens, uh, which brings an entirely different 
connotation to the title of this chapter. And and I'll also point out that when it comes to actually when raids were actually dealt with in the storyline, they don't necessarily sync up with what when you would think they would because if you read like chronicle volume three sometimes it's when you were questing in the zone and you're like i was way wait what no i didn't do that yet (laughs) i was level 48 what are you talking about (laughs) yeah it's like then the alliance went in and stormed the gates and they did it i was like yeah no we didn't do that then (laughs) i I think they've been a little bit better in in recent times with keeping keeping continuity between what was happening outside of the raids and inside of the raids kind of synced up a little bit um at least if you were going in and doing all the content as it was released um but i think if if i'm correct in that this story chapter the final story chapter happens after the raid is released then obviously i think that it's referring to the aftermath of what is going to happen as a result of the events in the sanctum of domination oh it's more loon stuff okay sweet we're going to we're going to Emerald yeah. dream nice obviously Emerald dream <laughs> <laughs> i got to think about like how this is going down and we know from like the ptr and all the stuff that's out there that the jailer was like banished because he was after like secret knowledge that not none of the Eternals uh, wanted to touch. Forbidden knowledge, right? And that's why he's grabbing all these keys so he can like so he can like unlock this stuff that's probably the stuff from the first ones because that's what we're dealing with, right? This stuff with the first ones. And so, is it that like the jailer thought that with this knowledge he could like win the war between all the cosmic entities, right? Um. Like, is that what lies beyond? Is that the jailer has now destabilized the balance and this is what starts the disco war? That's that's sort of like where I'm thinking it's going because the jailer is like the is at least the primary motivator of this expansion. But they do have to start thinking about where they're going next. And I think that's a lot. That's where we're going to start seeing it uh, being developed. So. He like gets the keys. He like uh, he like reaches the arbiter. Um, he he's successful at the end of uh, the sanctum of of uh, domination. Perhaps like that's what happens. And he unlocks like the the realm of the first ones, or we get like um, something kind of like the the lines of um, what was it? Agalon, who was the like. Um, primary mm-hmm. designator that showed up right. in yeah. Uldor, we could get something like that where it's like, this is like the primary designate of the first ones. And it's like, what Ooh. in the world are we doing here? That uh, That's the sort of thing that I'm expecting it to go into. It seems like a natural progression of this and them them leading towards the, the future. So that's what that's what I'm looking at in the like, what lies what lies ahead. Um it could also be sort of a play on words because like the the actual name of it is what lies ahead, right? Um, but like, what if he takes off the head of the jailer and it's like, oh no. Or sorry, not the head of the jailer, <laughs> the head of the uh, the arbiter because like that's, she's always been there and it's like, oh, okay. Like now he's got the head and the, the sigil and stuff and whatever. It's like, <laughs> good grief. So, I don't know. Sometimes they do play on words. now there's an actual stuff. head on the ground because it lies yeah. there. There you go. So, you know, the... Them. 
the em- the emphasis of the way you say the title of the last chapter uh, really really does a number on things because like what lies ahead has a different connotation than what lies ahead. That is true. That is true. So we could be we could be looking at a couple of lies being sent our way in the last chapter. Oh um, yeah, that's true. Got that's a couple possible. lives coming yeah. our way. What is it? And uh, speaking of Ilganoth whispers, we've got um, <laughs> you know, he's the boy king serves at the master's table. Three lies will he offer you. Mm-hmm. And, and according to uh, Agamot's dream journal or whatever that guy's name is, he's already told one of them. So uh-huh, maybe that might be it. It's very very interesting. What's that guy's name? I think it's Agmat. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So there's an O. There's a couple O's in there. <laughs> Crazy ogre. I like yep. that. I like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have these notes all done, take care of us, feeling, feeling pretty good about it, pretty proud. And then just today, <laughs> Wowhead was like, no, Allie, you're, you're not done. Here's this cutscene. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure this cutscene happens early in 9.1 because Hyrestria, the, you know, Archon, the carrying there. She lost her sigil, but the Winter Queen still has hers. And in, in the chapter, she loses it. So, it's a little conversation that happens between the leaders of the Covenants. We're actually going to play it here now, and then we're going to talk about it. In the Arbiter's name, we answer the call of the Eternal Ones. This brazen attack on Bastion must be answered. Has your wound healed, Grestia? No. But that is of little consequence compared to what was stolen. What was the jailer after? Long ago, each of the Eternal Ones was given a symbol of our Covenant's purpose. Yet Zoval saw these sigils as keys to forbidden knowledge. When we rebuked his heresy, he tried to claim them by force. But in the end, the Primus led us to victory. And for his treachery, Soval was exiled forevermore. Yet even bound to the moor, he found allies to aid his cause. No doubt Sire Denathrius willingly offered his sigil to the Banished One. We have found no such sigil within the sanctum of the Primus. The essence of the Arbiter remains here. It must be protected. The Ebon Blade will help defend the Eternal City. But this will not be the Jailer's only target. No. Even now, his malevolence encroaches upon my groves. The Necrolords will drive these invaders from Ardenweald. The Venthyr will fight beside your armies, Draker. We will rally the Covenant's forces and make our stand. Let it be so. With her voice have I spoken. Well, okay then. (laughs) Yep, so we're starting to see at least an idea of why the Jailer was banished in the beginning. Apparently, this is not the first time he's tried to take the sigils. Yeah. That was my, that was my big take from that is like he tried to take the sigils 
And he was like, this is a key to forbidden knowledge. And we already referred to them as keys before in the, uh, you know, the, you know, Anduin stabby stabby video. Now stand back. I got to practice my stabbing. <laughs> Where he's like, you know, three keys remain. Right. And now we know it's supposedly your keys to forbidden knowledge. And he was rebuked and just said some stuff. And then obviously the Primus is amazing and he led them to victory. So yay, Primus. Go Necrolords. <laughs> Woo! Go Necrolords. Primus, 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 Primus. <laughs> yeah, that's my take on it. It's it's pretty it's pretty sweet. I, I like that we get at least a little bit of a glimpse as to what the jailer was doing. Like at least... You know, a little bit of like, oh, okay, this is the reason why they're actually, um, you know, why we banished him. But I think the the last little bit of knowledge now that we are still lacking is what is this knowledge, this forbidden knowledge? You know, obviously something to do with the first, first ones. What did he think that he was going to gain from it, right? What was his ultimate purpose that he was going to do? So that's, we, we got the uh, little baby step. Now we know why he was punished but now we we still don't know what he sought to gain uh by you know getting these sigils so yeah that's that's kind of where i'm at i think the the cool thing that you see in there is that they had built orbos together there was a place for uh, for um zoval for the jailer in orbos and therefore he should have had a realm or the realm that uh, and a purpose before he was jail, became the jailer, became the like jailer of the damned, and was uh, and his realm was re uh, commissioned as what we know it as now as the Maw. So, like, there's also a well, what was his purpose pr- uh, previous to that, and what exactly does the Arbiter ha- do in all of this? Because again, we are we have the Arbiter who's there central doesn't speak and they don't speak of what her purpose was and they don't speak of like how things were before so like i'm still trying to look back and see like what was the original what was the original setup and is zoval being missing or being repurposed as as like the devil of uh, uh of the shadowlands um what is making the machine not quite working as it should have and so vulnerable to uh, to, to attack so there's like there's a lot still out there that like i really want explored well, keep in mind too that this cutscene is still a work in progress. It still has the you know the big red X and says a work in progress on the top. There might still be little nuggets of information that comes out in this cutscene once it hits live. Do you have any thoughts on this from Jared? I'm, I'm, I mean, you look like you're lost in thought here. I have several thoughts, but they are mostly swimming in a bottle. So it's 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 fine. <laughs> 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 no, I like I I just agree with. With everything that's been said about this, it, it opens new questions. Uh, answered one gave us a whole bunch more questions that that need to be answered. Right, like when when it says like um, when they say they talk about the arbor's essence, like they in this cutscene they zoom in on the arbor and you see that ball floating in her chest. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that's one of the sigils. I Possibly. well, it's it's or possible. just some important piece to it. So there's there's a theory going around that the sigils were what empowered the arbiter to function. That right. the arbiter was was a construct and not 
its own being beforehand and right. the sigils are what powered it uh, and the the fact that Zoval had one of the sigils already was what enabled him to take out the Arbiter uh, or at least debilitate the Arbiter to some extent um, and, and allow for all the souls to come into the Maw directly um, but what he would be able to do with possession of all of the sigils um, would basically enable him to become the the Arbiter himself and be able to do with with the souls that come to the Shadowlands whatever he wished um, and I think that that in that may lie the answer to what he wanted from the the quote-unquote forbidden knowledge of the first ones uh, in that the first ones were the the original uh, the the original architects of, of the Shadowlands the original uh, the original beings that controlled what happened with the souls with the anima with everything that that made the Shadowlands um, and uh, he may be looking looking for something there like there's been a lot of talk of prophecy and, um, and and that sort of stuff along along those lines in the the storytellings of the Shadowlands um, so he he may have seen a prophecy that he may have gotten a little bit of like a snippet of information of what was going on with the first ones and and extrapolated from incomplete data something that he may have been able to do with with this power that he's trying to gain from the arbiter and uh, maybe it's not what he thought it was and he thinks that he can do something that he actually can't or has other lasting consequences we don't know yep i don't know yet makes sense to me because I, I think the the main takeaway from this cutscene was it's really cool. I like the uh, the interaction that was going on there, but at the yeah. same time, um, my biggest thing that I was excited to see is instead of just a flag for the Necrolords, at least we got Draka up in there now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was at least a, an improvement. Uh, and then the one last thing that I think is a uh, uh, just another you know Primus Primus is. Primus wasn't dumb enough to just leave his sigil laying around in the in the seat of the Primus. He knew what to do with it. He hid mm-hmm. that sucker. So yeah. uh, we'll probably figure out what's going on with him because what do you say? It was three remain. Uh, Renathal pretty pretty much said, yeah, Denathrius totally gave it up to him anyways. So they mm-hmm. still don't know where the Primus's, uh, you know, friggin' uh, sigil is. Uh, I have a strong feeling it's probably going to be like the rune blade or something like that that we were running around with or something along those lines oh. that it's it's Draka. Uh, yeah, like oh, Draka's no. got it. We we already know. We already know where the sigil comes from. It's it's in the PTR. Yeah, it, there's a uh, a vault in Corthia that he kept his sigil in and we go get it. We bring it to the rune carver and we give it to the rune carver and he says... Why did you bring me this, you idiots? And he turns into the Primus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Pretty there much, you go. Yeah. That's perfect. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I love it. Um, because uh, that feels like some a very, very Primus thing to say. Like, yeah. I put it there for a reason, you moron. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we go and get it. We First, we bring it to Bolvar, who says... 
there's only one person that can decipher what the meaning of, of this sigil is. And we, we like, cause we've seen through the, the questing of Corthia, we see the Primus like popping up and, and he's telling us like parts of a story leading up to, uh, to why he left, uh, Maldraxxus and, and went on this quest of his own. And, uh, uh, we're, we're trying to figure out, like, piece together these different, like, fractions of, of this recording that he made. And we finally get to the, the piece and, and uh, figure out what happened, kind of. Uh, and then we bring it to Bolvar, and Bolvar's like, there's only one person that I know that could decipher this. It's Runecarver. We have to go into Torghast. We have to bring this, this sigil into Torghast for the, the Runecarver to fix it. And uh, we bring it there, and that's literally the first thing out of his mouth is like, I, why would you bring this to me? Why would you do this? You literally brought it directly to the jailer's door, you morons. And <laughs> who shows up but the jailer who proceeds Makes to sense. steal it. So, <laughs> so we get the Primus back, but we lose the sigil. So, you know, uh, this, this is perfect. Once again, it just goes to prove that the the heroes that we like to play as are the dumbest characters in all of Azeroth. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's let's They're- let's slow down. You guys have been pumping about like how great the Primus is, and now you're go- going on about the dumb heroes. But come on, the Primus goes off on his own, tells none of his friends, "Hey, be careful. This is going on, and I'm gonna go safeguard my my sigil." Maybe you should safeguard your sigils too, just until I get back and I can tell you it's not happening, right? Then, knowing full well, or like at least heavily suspecting that shenanigans are, are happening, right? Gets himself captured, right? And then we're the bad guys because we didn't we didn't quite know what to do with the sigil. We're like, at least this guy has like the ability to, to unlock it and we can get it out. Like, come on, come on, give us some credit. We were trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we try. We try a lot. And there was a it was a common theme with one of the episodes that, that we did in the past was communication is key. So <laughs> if you would just maybe talk to your allies, give them a heads up. Hey, uh, you're not wrong, Manny. Uh, just a little heads up to the other Eternals would have gone a long way. <laughs> Pretty much. So, yeah. Let's just say there's a lot of dumb people doing dumb things in this game. So there you go. <laughs> when a game reflects life, eh, it's true. <laughs> I mean that this is a common trope in storytelling: the the, the right. uh, idiot clause, where if you take any one central character and they're not an idiot, the story wraps up in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> so now that most of nine point one is out, most of it, most of it. We know some of the tidbits here and there, like how Savannah is probably dying at the end of the Sanctum of Domination. And we know that the raid is taking us to Oribos at one point at the end, and Shadowlands will be changed forever. Based on what we've seen with all these things, how are we feeling about the 9.1 storyline overall? Pretty great. Pretty great. I, I have been loving it. I have been playing like a bit at a time. Obviously, I've been playing at a much faster rate. Once we get it on live, it's going to be, you know, you get a segment in each week and it gives you a renown and all that stuff. So you don't get to like run through it at the speed that I've been going through it. But like, oh man, every week there's going to be big lore moments and like great, uh, great, like, oh, 
Draka and Thrall or like the uh, Kalthus uh, and uh, and Lady Vash or like just all these like team ups you've always wanted to see come back again. And so it's there's so much happening in 9.1 and there even though like it is very much like the cinematic that we were just talking about where it answers a question then poses five more. At least it's answering a question and moving the story forward. Where uh, my big fault with BFA was that like it'd be like, yes, yes, that question you're talking about. We won't answer it now, twirled mustache. And that was wholly unsatisfying. And this is way more satisfying. So I'm, I, I really do love 9.1 story and how it's moving the story forward. Yeah. Yeah. I agree because it's got a whole bunch of dreadlords in it. I'm excited about dreadlords. <laughs> okay. You don't want to talk about idiot heroes? Wait till they introduce uh, the dreadlords. And then you're going to be like, yep, Manny, I told you, idiot heroes. <laughs> dreadlords are the best. <laughs> what was it? Uh, yeah, there is the quest line where, where you, uh, I did hear about this one where, you know, you, they, what is it? Uh, you know, one of the, I think it was Renathal or something like that. They they get synced up with uh, Malganus or something like that. And they're like, "Oh, brother, you won't be exiled anymore." And he just looks at him as like, <laughs> "You really thought we were actually exiled?" <laughs> okay, you've really been paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dreadlords, they're great. So, what are we most looking forward to in nine point one? Dreadlords, obviously. <laughs> the Elune stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, that too. I'm gonna, but yeah, that's a, on I'm, par. I'm most looking forward to the Elune stuff, like by far. Super eager for that. Yeah. Um, it goes by many names. Some call it the Veiled Market. Some call it Tessavesh. I I I constantly mispronounce it, but I I believe it's called the Mega Dungeon. You mean this? Mega Dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. That's the proper pronunciation. <laughs> And my goodness, I, I, I'm hoping that if my computer could like stay stable for five seconds, to jump into the PTR and play uh, and play that because like, oh, my goodness, it looks, it so, looks good. so good. And like, I know everybody's going on about the shark boss. And when am I going to fight the shark boss? But like all of the bosses look so much fun. There is a um, general Grievous like boss. And he's like the first boss in there. And I'm just like, what? And yeah, it looks amazing. I'm, uh, I'm hello just... there. Yeah. <laughs> if I, if I don't get a general Kenobi, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> there's gotta be some illusion in the, in like an achievement attached to it. Just like, you know, get him over to a spot and then like flush him out in an airlock or something. Who knows? It's gotta have. <laughs> yeah. That one looks really, really good. I'm super excited about that. What are you most looking forward to out there, Allie? I'm curious. Well, beyond that, and I know I'm not going to get in from Pirate Dragon Mount yet, so I'm holding my excitement for that because I know it's not going to happen. Um, just the story overall, there's just so many things that are going to come out and so many questions answered and more questions added. Um, definitely super excited for the Loon stuff and Dreadlords. But yeah, Tazavesh is it's looking really, really good. And the raid, I think number one, if I had to pick like one thing, which I like to like things, so I have a lot of things. If I had to pick one, I'm eager to hear the voice lines from the raid. Because as we've seen in the past, sometimes you get little nuggets of info here and there. And I'm I'm really excited to hear 
what we might learn through the voice lines. From many of these bosses, there's so much potential, and I just can't. All right. That does that that answers the question in this sense. <laughs> Sounds fabulous. I'm super excited. So I'm super excited we- for Sanctum of Domination too. Yeah. It's not that it's a bad raid, but I'm kind of over Castle Nathria by now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good raid. It's long in the tooth. Yeah. So what would we like to see happen going forward after 9.1? Heritage armor. I miss Heritage <laughs> Armor. I don't know why like that came up, but like come on, 9.1.5. That's a systems patch. So we would get like we would get some stuff in. And I'm I'm looking forward to a couple of small things, like completing the Heritage Armor set. I'd love to see some like cool troll armor there, right? I'd love to see maybe Brawler's Guild come back with uh, a, a Shadowlands twi- uh, twist to it. Maybe the, the brokers are like, hey, yeah, we've decided to set up shop in like your main cities and kick out the old Brawler's Guild and do all these new new fights. Um and that sort of stuff. I, I like those like little addition stuff that they throw in. Of course, we might get, and I'm crossing my fingers here, but we might get time walking in 9.1.5. And that would be Legion time walking. We're already there. Legion yeah. time walking. You're not wrong. Yeah. Or we could get a raid, which would be, uh, that would be, wow, what, what was the last uh, raid they added in? Firelight. Right, right. Yeah. That means we're we're ready for a Mr. Pandaria raid. Give me Throne of Thunder. It would, yeah. I think dude, it would be Throne of Thunder. Dude, a Throne of Thunder time walking raid would be the dopest thing. I love that raid. <laughs> me too. <laughs> That's I also one of my favorite love ones. That raid. Like, please, Blizzard. <laughs> Throne of Thunder. <laughs> give it to us. And the Turtle Boss never bothered my raid team, so it was a fantastic raid overall. I guess I guess we had a soccer star and they, they knew how to kick turtle shells. It was fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love that raid. That was yeah. fantastic. As far as far as what I'm looking forward to beyond 9.1, I really hope we get like a half raid along the line after 9.1, like something something like the the half the the, the two boss raid that we got in BFA Crucible of uh, Storms. Right. Yeah. I really hope we get we get just something in the interim that that kind of breaks the the monotony a little bit gives gives teams something that's completely optional to do but rewarding in its own way because uh, I I don't given the the fact that we were in in nine point zero and nine point zero point five for so long without like a like a, an actual like meaty content patch uh i feel like i feel like something like that would be warranted at this point um d- just to just to break up the the cycle in between um and maybe even just to give them a little bit of extra time to work on whatever's coming at 9.2 right um like a, a 9.1.5 mini raid would be would be something that i would be very much happy with Nice. No idea what the subject of that raid would be, but <laughs> it'd be nice. Well, if I'm going to answer this, I'm going to answer it the same way I've been answering for a long time. I just want to go to the Emerald Dream in 9.2. So there we go. I'm shocked and surprised. This is the first time I've heard about this. Why would you think that we're going to the Emerald Dream? Oh, reasons upon reasons. 
mostly <laughs> to do with the fact that the uh, the Winter Queen's sister didn't abandon her. So that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that and other reasons. <laughs> All right, what about you, about Allie? Where, where, where do you think? Where, what do you want to see happen? With, uh, what I've wanted to one. see from the beginning, and I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen, is I really wanted Shadowland scenarios akin to what we saw in Miss Pandaria, because I feel like being in Shadowlands, there's so many little stories they could be telling. And where the bleep are the damn murlocs beyond <laughs> Cookie's Corpse, what, what zone <laughs> do the murlocs go to? Like, where are they? Bothers me. But I feel like there's just so many little stories they could tell and storylines and things they could touch on that I thought it really lent itself to scenarios in such a beautiful way. But I think with this lull and the pandemic and whatnot, I think any remote hope of that happening was probably crushed. But you never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I thought I thought of something early on uh, in the expansion life cycle that they could do. Um, and that would be something akin to what they did with Legion invasions, uh, like in the actual uh, Legion expansion, not the the pre patch event, um, but where they had the portals open up that led to other worlds. Uh, they already have the infrastructure there to yeah. to make these, um, and they could they could have things like the in between has been torn or. Uh, mutilated in some way that it's it's now pouring into the realms of the Shadowlands, like the individual realms, and we have to go to these these portals and jump on the other side and and resolve some conflict and then jump back out to to close whatever rifts pop up. I think that would be something cool they could add. Yeah, that would be an easy way of just uh, giving small glimpses of the other realms of the infinite realms of the Shadowlands. Yeah. Where it's like, Hey, the devourers are pouring in over there too. You might, you might want to go help out <laughs> your little things like that. I think that would be a, a, a simple way of giving you those, those little glimpses. Like, cause I, I mean, people still like to talk about the, those Legion invasions are like, Oh, well we went to these worlds and this world yeah. and like we were doing this stuff. And it's like, there's so much stuff that we could be doing. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's very true. So yeah, they they introduced that new model of the uh, devourers, the like um, slender brain bug version, and I was like, oh, I think that's hinting at stuff. But so far in nine point one, we haven't seen anything more than this is a model that's out there. Uh, I I really hope that when we d- dive deeper into the in between. Like then we find out like yes, yeah, there's like an entire hive of them. There's and there's like more out there. There are additional lost realms that aren't connected by gates because they are supposed to be forgotten realms. That sort of stuff, as well as like, I think we should go to like one other realm that isn't one of the main realms that was uh, that we had thought was insignificant, but is a part of the current afterlife, just not one of the main uh, ones that has an eternal ruling over it. Because what do those realms look like? Those countless realms that are connected with countless gates. What do they look like? What do they function like without an Eternal leading them? All the realms that we've been to have one of these Eternals. But we've seen all the Eternals now. What right. How do the other realms function? They're led by the group of leaders called the Finites. You know, Thrall, sometimes <laughs> I should have just let those two <laughs> annihilate you and your family. 
<laughs> sure, why not? It works. It works. <laughs> Heard it here first, folks. <laughs> it's uh, they're they get replaced every so often because they're <laughs> finite. <laughs> that would that would make sense. Yeah, <laughs> it would. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Yep. Yep. Well, does anyone have anything else to add before we move on to the last little segment? Nope. <laughs> Not okay. with that wonderful joke. <laughs> How do I All follow right. that act? <laughs> <laughs> well, with with the positive note, because that's what we do at the end of every show. That's true. That is what we do. So here we go. Stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. So this suggestion came to us from at Zandar, a.k.a. Kara. She messaged me a, a little bit ago about a thread on Twitter that shared a fun sign war between businesses in Listowel, Canada. Just a friendly, fun thing that we can kind of talk about because we all need more silly in our lives. And it's nice to see various businesses just really just have fun, you know, not worry about money and stress and whatnot that small businesses have to deal with and just have a good time. This particular Twitter thread starts with Speedy Glass challenging Dairy Queen to a sign war. Dairy Queen replied back with their sign saying, you bet your glass we do. And Speedy Glass responded by saying, fire up the grill, we're about to toast your buns. And even the fire department joined in saying, hey, Speedy Glass and Dairy Queen, if things get any hotter, we'll be ready with hoses and water. And many other businesses joined in and it was pretty fun. When I went digging for a video for it, I found that a lot of places actually started doing sign wars lately. And instead of me reading all these silly ones, which would end up being boring, I found a video that kind of touches on this a little. Everyone was getting along just fine in Christiansburg, Virginia. Peaceful, loving people there? For the most part, yeah. And why did you want to start trouble? <laughs> it was nothing better to do. Jim Bohan manages the Bridge Caldro Music Store. He fired the first salvo in what is rapidly devolving into World War. Put up this sign aimed at his shoe store neighbor. Hey, Super Shoes, want to start a sign war? The shoe store fired back. Our shoe strings are stronger than your guitar string. So it was game on. Yeah, after that I put back, yeah, but your shoe strings never got anyone a date. Ouch, that did escalate quickly and it proliferated. With the exception of those pacifist hippies down at Power Equipment Supply who protested make love, not sign war, just about every other business in and around Christiansburg signed up to join the fight, throwing shade bombs at their fellow business owners. Everybody and their grandma has gotten in on it. <laughs> we just wanted to jump in. I just wanted to be punny like everybody else. Are there any rules of engagement? Nope, I think everybody's fair game. <laughs> Even businesses without signs are improvising. Even those normally above the fray are posting passages. Over the past few weeks, this war has gone viral on social media, and now skirmishes are flaring up in such far-flung places as Listowel, Ontario, where Speedy Glass instigated. I simply said, hey, DQ, want to have a sign war? They replied back within about 20 minutes, saying, you bet your glass we do. Trevor Cork says since then, conflict has spread across the province. You pretty much drive through any town in Ontario right now and they have a sign war going. 
And this all stems back to that guitar store? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's all on him. I've often thought, like, where is this going to go? And how is it going to end? Is, is it going to end? Hopefully not. Because no war has ever brought more people together. So who will be next to join the fun? No telling. Steve Hartman, CBS News, on the road. It was just, it was fun. It was a fun little story about, you know, just people having a good time. And <laughs> we we always ask listeners to submit their positive stories. And so, Kara, thank you so much for submitting that. It was, it's fun. It's just good times. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still laughing at the, yeah, but uh, the shoestrings never got anyone a date. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> the amount of uh, puns in that clip would make Schubert's truly proud. <laughs> it would. If you actually go Google like sign wars in like 2021, like it's it it happen it's it's spreading <laughs> between no more and more places across like Canada and the US and it's it's pretty punny. Yeah. <laughs> so I live in in Austin, Texas. Uh, and there is a restaurant here that has had outrageous signs for as long as as I remember. Uh, it's it's a it's a restaurant called uh, Arroyo, and they have just a series of of crazy signs that they they put out, and they're always top notch, hilarious, ten out of ten content uh, to the point that people have yard signs that mimic the 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 sign that they have in front of the restaurant uh and they nice. they have like interchangeable letters like you would have on like a like a roadside uh roadside sign like that and uh, just the the stuff that that they come up with and the people around the city come up with always just always like pass by i was like hey, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah nice oh uh, that's awesome i love it well um, before my voice completely decides it's gone, thank you, Manny and Jared, so much for joining us this week. It was so much fun to chat with you both and an honor to have you here. Can you tell us where people can find you, starting with Manny? Well, um, for people who want to hear all my inane rants, uh, you can track me down on Twitter. That's TrueVillainManny, true without the E. Uh, you can also find me under the same name at Warcraft Radio, where I'm a producer at the show that I do with Jared here. For Azeroth, and of course on Twitch, where I stream, assuming that my computer doesn't blow up on me and it's together so far. Um, and that is again over on uh, Twitch. That's True Villain Manny, True again without the E. And Jared. And you can find me uh, also on Twitter, um, but at Jared RPG. And you can find me uh, on my own Twitch twitch.tv slash jaredrpg and i also have a youtube channel that hasn't had a whole lot of new videos since before 2021 but i'm hoping i'm hoping to change that soon but that's uh youtube.com slash jared adventurer uh but yeah that's that's where you can find me yay thank you both for coming it was a lot of fun to have you yeah seriously this was a ton of fun um I'm so glad you guys uh, got to hang out with us and chat all things 9.1 because I haven't got to play the PTR yet and it's fun to talk to someone who has. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for, thank you for inviting us. It was super fun. 
Yeah, this is fantastic. So, this was a lot of fun. I, I, I think we're ready to get out of here. Thanks for listening to Live, Laugh, Lore. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a question that you're just dying to know the answer to, send us an email at livelaughlorecast at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jen on Twitter at Jared Cooster, and you can follow Allie at Allie Anders K. Meanwhile, be kind and take care. <laughs>